Hey everyone, no calls this week, but the phone lines are open, so feel free to call in and leave us a message with your question that you just you need an answer from us. Like you can't survive, you can't make it another day without <laughs> asking this particular question. You know, probably not something that dramatic. We all we want you to survive. John, <laughs> we don't... why why is Hell House? <laughs> why is Hell House? Why is Hell House indeed, Megan? Maybe someday I will get to why is Hell House. Sounds good. What is phone? What is phone? I love Lamp. Welcome to Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Porn, her infant love for the genre, the birthday girl, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. That's me. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe the things will make you smile too. So, Megan, what's been filling your heart this week? Switcheroony. Woo! Uh, <laughs> so, there's a specific reason that I watched Demons 2 that we'll touch on <laughs> later. But it hmm. was, I, I did a uh, Demons watch party with a close friend who has not seen either one. So, I felt hmm. like uh, we needed to fix that. So um, Demons and Demons 2 are on Shudder, but I wanted, I've wanted i talked about Demons before. So um, I'm pretty sure they were like back to back because they both were released either the same year or like a year apart. Um, anyways, this one is about a group of tenants um, in an apartment high rise that, uh, you know, get infested with demons and it spreads. So it's like a demon outbreak in a high rise. I don't know why I was prompted to watch this at all <laughs> um... whatsoever. Um, you know, <laughs> but I, I adore both of these movies. Uh, I do like the first one a little bit more because I think that demons two is, is prone to some sillier moments, like the weird little mm -hmm. ghoulies demon that pops up and terrorizes <laughs> someone. Um, but I mean, the, why does Italian soundtracks go so hard in horror? You know, like it's both so movies great. are just just give me the vinyl soundtracks for both, uh, and I'm a happy gal. But yeah, it's really fun. It's demons, it's gory, it's carnage, and it's in a high-rise build, high-rise apartment building. Um, and then I watched. Uh, I'm still making my way through it, but uh, I started The Last of Us, which will uh, mm. start premiering on HBO Max on January 15th, so literally right around the corner. Um, the Last of Us is, it's based on the video game, the critically acclaimed video game. It is, uh, it's 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. In this action adventure series, Joel, played by Pedro Pascal, is a hardened survivor. And he's basically tasked with smuggling his cargo, which is a 14-year-old girl named Ellie, played by uh, Game of Thrones' Bella Ramsey, out of an oppressive quarantine zone. It's supposed to be a small job, and it becomes this crazy, heartbreaking road trip across America um, and as they depend on each other for survival so it so far it is pretty faithful to the video game series it is our video game because season one's for sure just based on the first game um it is by the showrunner who did chernobyl craig mazin who mm. if you are familiar with chernobyl that was also very bleak and heartbreaking mm -hmm. and heartfelt so very he was the perfect person for this um and so far, it's really, 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 really good. I, you know, there's so many different encounters along the way. Some of them left me absolutely crying. Um, 
But the I hear the video games that way too. It right? is. It's actually it, a really emotional. It is video a game. very emotional video game. There's only two of them. I don't know if there's plans for a third one, but it's hmm. very emotional, very grim, very like let's wrangle with the ethics of you know humanity once there's nothing left pretty much um and then you know it's got the whole cordyceps fungi i feel like the that's the the horror fungus of choice you know like the girl with all the gifts and there's something else with like the the zombie fungus i don't know um gaia also i'm almost positive joe rogan tries to push those too for some reason weird i'm almost positive like it was a long time ago i haven't listened to this podcast in a long time, but I'm almost positive. He's like, he used here, to, have like, a zombie those. fungus. Yeah, that oh. sounds about right. Sounds okay. Cool, cool. Well, The Last of Us, I highly recommend it. It's really good. It, it seems like a. It it, it kind of doesn't make sense to me in the how seriously they seem to be taking this because it's a video game adaptation. Like Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey and the showrunner for Chernobyl. Like it seems yeah, like but if they you went play the video games, like you will understand. Like it is not you think of video games, it's not Mario Party. It's like grim, serious <laughs> stuff. It's heavy subject I, matter. I understand that part. It's more that the studio was like, Yeah, no, this is serious, let's treat it seriously, instead of it's a video game. Like I, I think and, and I feel like I've even seen as far as like Marvel is concerned, maybe it's some writers or directors of basically come out and said like we don't want fans of the series to make this like they're not looking for faithful adaptations and things like that it's they want people to watch and they want to make money so i don't know it just seems like they took this one really seriously like which is cool like i don't think a lot of adaptations necessarily necessarily get that i think it's more like hey this makes a lot of money as a video game so now let's put it on the screen and let's get people to watch Mm. I'm sorry. Can we go back to the zombie fungus? Um, I think that that's just so cool. Like, you know, I mean, zombies are cool enough, but you know, once you include that into the mix, that's a party. It's kind of like that's Mario a party. party. But there's no, you know, it's not a virus. How do you wipe that right. out? Can yeah. you? You know, that's so cool. That's not. Yeah. So it is. It is. It does give you a nice visual variety too. Nice. All right, Zena. Do you want to go next, or should I go next? Um, I think that you should go next because you asked. Oh, that's fair. I was more than thrilled to turn on Tubi on Friday and see 1992's Ghost Watch available. I almost texted you, but I'm like, he'll he'll know it's there. I I I so randomly saw it, and I was just like, I can't. It's it's happening. It's happening. So, for those of you not familiar. The BBC gives over a whole evening to an investigation into the supernatural. Four respected presenters and a camera crew attempt to discover the truth behind the most haunted house in Britain. Expecting a light-hearted scare or two and probably uncovering a hoax, they think they are in control of the situation. They think they're safe. The viewers settle down and decide to watch for a laugh. Ninety minutes later, the BBC and the country was changed, and the consequences are still felt today. Way to go on that one, IMDb. That's the yeah. best one I have read yet. So dramatic. And it's accurate. So what I read is accurate. It's what the show is. The BBC basically did what America, what Fox did with the, the alien autopsy. They're like, here's a real thing. And, but when the BBC did it, 
it blew up. So I had to look into it because I had heard rumors and you always kind of wonder like, my wife used the example of, you know, the, the actor who played Joffrey mm-hmm. on Game of mm-hmm. Thrones, <laughs> to bring it back to Game of Thrones somehow, he, everyone, there was this huge rumor that he was getting bullied and got all this hate mail and everything else because people hated his character so much. But the reality oh. was, is everybody thought that. So people were actually really, really nice to him in real life. So it's just more like the rumor mill kind of affecting things. The BBC, however, got over 30,000 phone calls after this aired. It had lawsuit repercussions that uh, there was at least one uh, suicide that was directly linked to this. There's multiple cases of PTSD because this is like, like if the Today Show or Dateline or some like some major news station put this on and they they presented it under like a fiction heading i don't know how the bbc worked in 1992 they presented it as fiction did not matter like because a lot like the war of the worlds which i think i've talked about this before the war of the worlds was presented as fiction it's the timing that changed everything because the most popular news show at the time and the most popular radio show at the time went to commercial. So people switched over to War of the Worlds during the commercial, and that just happened to be when they do the announcement that the aliens had invaded. So it wasn't that... um, uh, uh, Who's the director of War of the Worlds and Citizen Kane? Um, uh, Orson Welles. It's not that Orson Welles was intentionally trying to fool anybody. It was presented as fiction. People just switched over at the wrong time. And I'm sure that probably happened with the BBC a little bit, too. People are suddenly like, oh, ghosts. And the presented, like, the studio goes crazy. And it's it's really fun to watch. You go back and you just watch it and kind of put yourself in that place. And just the balls that it took for the BBC to put that on and be like, yeah, let's do this. This will be fun. Like, um, it was. <laughs> And never going to do anything like that again. Uh, So I haven't seen this available on streaming for a long time. So when I saw it, I had to watch it. And I highly recommend anyone who's not familiar, who's never seen it, go watch Ghost Watch. It very much reminded me of like the Tales from the Crypt episode with Morton Downey Jr. when he goes into the haunted house, which is one of my all-time favorite Tales from the Crypts. Go watch it. It's so much fun. Okay, pay attention to the background. Did yes. it scare you? No. Aww. No, because I, I was familiar. Okay. But what I was trying to do is put myself in that position. Like here in Minnesota, be like if I was watching Care 11 and all of a sudden they did something like this, I'd kind of be like, I, I'm enough of a skeptic where I'd be watching like, what? <laughs> but the rea- and that's what happened to the BBC too. There was plenty of people who were like, no, this is silly. Mm-hmm. This is put on. It's whatever. But the, but you can't assume that everyone is going to watch it and be like, oh, okay, this is this is for fun. And it was presented on Halloween Day in 1992. So maybe that added more credence to it. I don't know. But it, it was fun. I thought it was presented really, really well, especially considering they were doing it all live and, and what they did. So I thought it was awesome. And then I watched something that is in no way shape or form related i just really want to watch it was 2022's the menu on hbo 
A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. So, to be fair, horror is a little bit of a stretch for me in this one. I would almost call it more thriller. It's under the horror tag on HBO, and I think it's under the horror tag on IMDb too. Um, it's I, I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it horror like you might be expecting from something like this. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Ralph Fiennes is great as the head chef. Um, I can't remember the name of the main diner. He played Beast in the X Men movies. Nicholas Holt. Um, Thank you. Yes. He's really weird in it. And like, he can't quite figure out why he is, why he is. Why is Nicholas Holt? <laughs> and like John Leguizamo, I'm liking John Leguizamo more and more. The more I see him. I remember when he first came out, he was like the pest. I love I that like, movie. This is... Kind of. Oh, I did. I was not a fan. <laughs> he's but terrible. He is... What to about me, his violator getting... and Spawn? What? Do you remember? Well, this... yeah. Well, he was great in that. Like it actually took, but... I didn't necessarily like it then because it was too close to the pest for me, like when I saw Spawn. But now I look back and <laughs> okay. I'm like, no, John Leguizamo was really, really funny. What about him as he, Luigi? Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's yeah. not mark it. Let, let's let's not talk about. What about the truth Mario? playing sitar and Moulin Rouge? We'll just run down his whole filmography. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw Moulin Rouge. I really liked him in uh, Pro, uh, Empire. He was really good in Empire as a drug dealer. Uh, John, Great and John Wick. Let's not talk about John Leguizamo right now. That's not what this is about. He's been he's been uh, pretty stellar consistently throughout his career. He's just having a great time now between the menu yeah. and uh, Violent Night. And I think oh he's in Violent Night. Oh that's right yeah. he is in Violent Night, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just like personal growth for me too. Like Matthew Lillard, like me appreciating Matthew Lillard a lot more in my old age. Oh, <laughs> you are a late bloomer, Stu Stan. Yeah, my grumpy teenager years and 20 something years and 30 something years uh but the menu it's not like i appreciate the menu like i appreciate the bear on hulu which is also fantastic and because my brother is a classically trained chef and i used to work in sports bar kitchens and bars so like i understand those worlds my parents are huge foodies i am not but like I get it. So kind of seeing that side of things, I'm like, oh, I, I, I see this. Like I understand where this is coming from. Um, but I totally understand how some people might watch this and be like, I, I don't get the point of this <laughs> at all. And I think it's just the foodie culture. And there's a lot of mess. Well, we'll just say there's a lot of messages in it about food and art and obsession so my my only question is did you really want a cheeseburger after he did a pretty good cheeseburger he kind of did a carolina style cheeseburger i wanted a with cheeseburger after this he did a good cheeseburger which uh, which is like uh in the movie chef when he makes a grilled cheese mm. you do love that close-up the care and consideration when making a product i've talked about before i own masterclass not because i learn anything from masterclass <laughs> I just love watching and listening to people speak passionately about their passions. They should uh, put you as a talking point to sell this. I don't learn anything from a master class. No. no. Although I did buy a smoker because of Aaron Franklin's master class. Oh, yeah. Franklin's really... barbecue. Oh, Look at you coming fan. to my neck I... of the woods. 
Oh, I wish. Get up at like four o'clock in the morning to get in line for some Franklin's barbecue. And I would too. Order order ahead for a group and then you don't have to get up and, you know, wait so long. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I need to find good brisket. I don't think I've ever actually had good brisket, but we are getting so derailed right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. What? Sorry, food, the menu. Uh, brisket love, and barbecue. I'm hungry. I need a snack. Yeah, go watch the menu and food. And if if you like food, if you're any sort of a foodie, if you like high qual, like hot cuisine and things like that, and and frankly, just the concepts of the intersections of obsession and talent and 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 perfection and things like that, I really like the menu. Don't know that it's horror, but it's rated as horror, so I want to talk about it. <gasps> Okay, Zena, let's uh, let's stop talking about food. What'd you watch? Okay, so I checked out the made-for-TV horror that's based on a true story, The Haunted, from 1991 Ooh. on DVD. It is available on YouTube for free, just in case if you haven't seen it. I don't know how great the quality is, but I was just curious, so I looked it up for you. Um, <laughs> a husband and wife, a para, parapsychologist, help a pen, Pennsylvania couple fight demons in their house. So basically, this Smurl, the family name is, their last name is Smurl, and they move into this duplex um, with their in-laws and everything's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. And then they find out that it's, that it's haunted. Um, there, you know, I still feel like it, even though it was made in the early nineties, I feel like it still holds up. I love the, the pacing, you know, there's a lot of spirit slash demon action going on. There's one particular scene. I remember that like scared the life out of me as a kid. Um, and I'm proud to say it still kind of gives me chills. So that's a good sign there. You know, yeah. I don't say which scene, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is the first Ed and Lorraine Warren based movie, but it's the first time I've ever heard of them. Mm. And I know that James Wan is a huge fan of this one because in an interview he was talking about it. I don't know if he'll ever remake it, but I mean, it's kind of very close to the Conjuring universe. Um, so, you know. But yeah, it just makes like a lot of sense and stuff like that. So yeah, if you like made for TV movies um, and you haven't seen this one, I think you should check it out. Or if, if it's been a couple of years since you watched this one, I say give it a go. It's been a while, but the last time I remember seeing it, I remember thinking like the husband was such a jerk. He was horrible. He was. He's still horrible. Like I, it, it's plain as day. <laughs> still horrible. Hasn't he's still, yeah, he hasn't years. changed since 1991. That jerk. Yeah, like it, clearly things were happening right in front of his face. Oh no, it's nothing. And then fast forward. <laughs> he, he didn't sound like that, but but then fast forward. He, he when he witnessed it himself, it's a whole new like. Oh no, what are we gonna do? You oh know, it's just God. like your wife was telling you. Like I would have divorced him. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a good movie, and I'm glad to say that I like own it because it's not like I said I couldn't find it streaming when I was looking for um the DVD back in september october but yeah now since it's on youtube if you haven't checked it out again it's a good watch uh then the second movie i checked out uh silent scream from 1979 on good old to be it's just called to <laughs> i sometimes like to call to be i don't know wouldn't that be a cool name for okay to be trademark copyright <laughs> During her first semester at college, uh, co-ed finds housing at a seaside mansion where following the death of a fellow student, she becomes entangled in a murder mystery surrounding the property and its secretive tenants. So this was a first time watch for me. I've never heard of this movie previously before. I feel like, which is so unfortunate because this movie is very much my vibe. It, um, again, just the fact that it takes place on like this mansion on the cliffside, like the 
the house is beautiful. Like it's very vintage Victorian. And then the view is like, literally you can see like the Pacific Ocean, but you know that there's something up, but you feel for the girl because what else is she going to do? She arrives, um, uh, she, tra- well, she kind of transfers schools and then she's, um, she's in a bind because they, they're kind of like overpopulated. So they have no more housing. So they mm-hmm. give her a list of places that she can check out, but she's running into issues where either it's not available or it looks terrible, not in a great area she looks up and she finds like this beachfront mansion on top of a hill and it looks normal you know if you don't haven't watched a horror movie but i would think that it was normal at first she gets there everything's great like the room is only 50 dollars a month and it includes everything there's furniture already there she likes her room she likes her roommates but she always knows there's a butt so something happens something very stabby happens and uh yeah, very stabby. But yeah, I just thought it was really cool. And I was just kind of looked up some of um, the info about the movie. So it had like a limited theatrical lease, November 1979. And then it just stopped. And then it came back where it expanded the release in January of 1980. And apparently it did really well. And just like even as far as it goes with like the camera work, it reminds me of Mario Bava's uh, Black Sunday, which is pretty cool because I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose because uh, Barbara Steele, she's in this as well. Ah, so yeah, it's just it. a very magical movie. If you like, obviously horror, but you like like mystery, like murder going on, I think that you may enjoy this one. Like I actually checked it out twice last week just because it was a good time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love it. All right. Before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I watched Demons 2 on Shudder, The Last of Us, which will start airing weekly as of January 15th. And I watched 1992's Ghost Watch, one word, on Tubi, 2022's The Menu on HBO Max. I checked out, checked out, I checked out The Haunted on DVD, but it's also available on YouTube and Silent Scream on Tubi, a.k.a. Shuby. Shuby. <laughs> Shuby. 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 Uh, so before we move on, I need homework because I'm trying in 2023 to have a better schedule for myself wow. and I will browse through all of the streaming services and just eat up hours of my day if I'm not told what to watch. So Megan, what should I watch? I believe you need to watch 1981's Possession on Shudder. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the excited Kermit because you because I was excited but then I got stressed for you (laughs) that scream had so much emotional range so listeners go ahead and rewind about 30 seconds and hear the emotion can we save that as like a sound bite we'll get a a eventual dark trio soundboard oh god yeah we need a daytime radio soundboard oh Uh, uh, all right xena so something that won't cause you stress Uh, man okay um well all right have you seen mayhem uh is that the one with stephen young yes it is i haven't i have browsed by it so many times thank you okay that's that's another one of those i need an excuse movies yippee it's available on shutter thank you all right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? That Evil Dead Rise trailer, though. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. 
the official red and green band trailers for director Lee Cronin's Evil Dead Rise has been unleashed. It's coming to theaters exclusively on uh, October. Man, I was just going to jump ahead to Halloween season. I don't I don't know. Um, it's don't. coming to theaters April 21st, yeah. 2023. We don't have to wait till October. Thank goodness, because I, I would die. Yeah. Um, and the fifth Evil Dead film, a road weary Beth pays an overdue visit to, uh, to her older sister, Ellie who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. The sisters' reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, giving rise to flesh-possessing <laughs> demons and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she's faced with the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable. This is produced by Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Robert Tappert. Uh, and according to Campbell... Which is not surprising if you followed along with this franchise. They, the three of them, have been very involved every step of the way, as they're that's what they do. Um, he's not going to be appearing in the film as Ashley Williams, and you know if the trailer is even remotely uh, accurate mm. tease of what we're getting, I'm okay with that. I, I am obsessed. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but I have watched the trailer. I don't even know how many times, both Red <laughs> and Green Band. Um, it's it's gonna probably be my identity for the next few months <laughs> sorry not sorry but yeah yeah per instagram i am a happy 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 boy yeah. i'm a happy 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 boy <laughs> happy happy yes yeah but okay so i broke my rule of not watching a trailer like so i watched this trailer but i'm only gonna watch this trailer because i'm pretty sure they're gonna I come agree, out with another too. one and oh, i won't watch the next one i just want to be like in it live there kind of yeah i yes. just wanted to get a vibe i wanted to see what we were yeah. looking at and the vibe is cheese grater love oh, it yes i am so i am it, so stoked with some good looking child acting in it too i was a little nervous because the evil dead ain't about bringing kids into the mix so I was no a little, which means that it's gonna be that. extra brutal to do that to yes. children yeah. Um, do it. yeah i'm i'm so pumped um and then in a total different <laughs> type of trailer different tone altogether but no less <laughs> bloody uh up next from universal monsters brand is renfield a comedic horror movie that's centered on dracula's fly eating henchmen nicholas holtz from the menu yeah. is starring as renfield yeah with nicholas cage is playing count dracula himself uh and this take on bram, Sto bram stoker's classic novel renfield realizes he's in a toxic relationship with his boss that he needs to get out of <laughs> Uh, but is there life beyond serving the infamous Prince of Darkness? It's based on an original pitch from Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman. Chris McKay, who is behind uh, the Lego Batman movie and Tomorrow War, directed. Uh, it also co-stars Aquafina, uh, Ben Schwartz, Adrian Martinez, uh, and Ryan Ridley, behind Rick and Morty, wrote the script. It definitely is like a comedic action comedy that gets mm -hmm. bloody. They did have a green and red band trailer for this one. Um, the red band does give a tease that it is going to be gory. It's got a priest blowing up, literally. Gore splatter. <laughs> oh, I think I saw the red band. Yeah, yeah I think that the, the one that got the push was the, the green band versus like the one that got the push for Evil Dead Rise was obviously the red band. So, mm -hmm. yeah, lots of trailers. And like the second version is like usually the quiet drop. Um, and then in non-trailer news, uh, Eli Roth is finally getting behind the camera for a feature ver version of Thanksgiving, the long just dating yes. spinoff based on the mock trailer that Roth made for Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's uh, Grindhouse in 2007. 2007, that's when the movie dropped. So 2023, we're finally, you know, getting progress on that. Uh, the finally. News, right? 
The news was tied to a report uh, that Tim Miller is going to be doing reshoots on uh, Borderlands, which was what Eli Roth was tied to. Um, He's going to be doing reshoots for Lionsgate, and Roth is going to focus on setting the table for Thanksgiving. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Thanksgiving trailer presented the gory teaser about a pseudo-movie in which a slasher makes his own carving board out of the inhabitants of a Massachusetts town that makes a big annual fuss over Turkey Day. Uh, One pivotal scene involved Roth himself separated from his head while in the throes of passion with a date in a convertible. This was all in the the quick little trailer that had fans begging for this movie for years. Um, Shooting is going to begin in March with script by Jeff Rendell and Spyglass behind it. If you do not know who Spyglass are, well, they revived Scream and Hellraiser last year. So, yeah, some Thanksgiving. Awesome. I really so I went when I saw that news drop on Bloody Disgusting. I did go back and watch the link trailer. Um, ah. That's one of the things that kind of bummed me out. Is maybe the maybe the Blu-rays all do it now, but when I originally bought the the DVDs, they, they didn't did have any of the trailers on. It's like those were some of the best part. Like I really I love Death Proof and Planet Terror, but I'm like, how could you not include those trailers? Yeah, that was part of it, the whole thing. It was a concept yeah. of a double feature. Yeah, and I love. I mean, I hope that they, my only concern is that he shoots this digital. I don't, I, I, it needs to be grainy. It needs to be the nine millimeter, whatever camera like they did. Um, what was the trailer that just did that? Uh, I need a little bit more info. (laughs) It was a foreign link. It it was like a, it was like three or four weeks ago. It dropped like some trailer came out and they, and it was all shot on like nine millimeter. Oh, Ennis men. Thank you. Yes, Ennis Men. That they got to shoot it like that. Like if you're gonna make a grindhouse type yeah. movie or 16 millimeter, yeah, you got to shoot like please, please shoot it on 16 millimeter. Don't just try. Don't, don't shoot it digital and then add filters or something. Like, like watching that trailer, they might have shot that trailer on 16 millimeter because it sure looked like it. Maybe. And like please, like that's the way to go with that. Like make it campy and cheesy and over the top. Like I've watched some horror movies recently that we're going for that older vibe mm. that grindhouse type vibe i'm like they would have nailed it if they had just got the right film stock like shooting it on digital kind of takes it away it mm. looks too polished like i think a lot of cheesy movies now would be a lot better on film because it almost gives you a sense of like oh yeah it's gonna be cheesy it's a grindhouse movie <laughs> like we it's not it cheese. doesn't look clean it's, yeah it's not supposed to it was done cheap um when the reality is i'm sure digital is way cheaper now yeah. when you're not having to try mm-hmm. and shoot on film i don't know i was happy about all this news this week yay <laughs> good news good horror right right off the start of the year too so yeah yeah that good way to start. Well. all right listeners your turn what makes you a happy happy boy or girl is thanksgiving the holiday horror to finally bring john around you can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bediscussingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier, and the sea of horror movie options includes some with appearance in that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Bloody Disgusting TV is available, uh, or you can check out Screenbox, which has so like much so many selections. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was down the rabbit hole last night. I, I got stressed out. Oh. But don't worry, I'll go back. Oh. There's, there's a lot of options. Um, even though uh, by the time this episode airs, this is already going to be out and available, but I just have to tell you guys that Tuesday the 10th, Pinky will be available on DVD. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. An overweight teen is bullied by a clique of cool girls. Um, cool girls poolside while holidaying in her village. The long walk home will change the rest of her life. 
12th, so we'll leave it at that. Then on Thursday, the 12th, Chucky Season 1 will be available on Shudder. So just in case if you missed it last year, or not even last year, God, what year is it? The year before? (laughs) You'll be able to, like, finally check it out. It is such a good time. It's fast-paced. It's bloody. It's hilarious. Highly recommend. And on Friday the 13th, we have a lot of movies coming our way. So in the wake of the festival's hit viral success on social media, the ultra-creepy Skin of Marink will be available in limited theaters. Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing, and all of their windows and doors in their home have vanished. Okay, I just thought, I just thought that just sounds so cool. So yeah, it'll also be available on Shutter later this year. There is no date yet, but obviously we will keep you guys updated. Then also, The Devil's Conspiracy will be available in limited theaters. So a powerful biotech company has a breakthrough technology that allows it to clone history of the most influential people, including Jesus Christ's DNA. Oh my God, sorry. I just I just thought that was really interesting. <laughs> With that, so behind the company just so happened to be these Satanists who basically they have the possession of Jesus Christ's DNA and they're going to make the ultimate offering to the devil. So there's that. Hoping to save mankind, Archangel, Archangel Michael soon comes to earth to stop the devil's conspiracy once and for all. Then we will also have Sick. Sick will be available on Peacock while quarantining at her family's lake house during the pandemic. Parker and her best friends are threatened by an unexpected visitor. I believe that this is a Blumhouse movie. And then we also have The Offering. Sick? I don't think it is a Blumhouse movie. No, I thought that it was. I saw Uh, them... Unless they changed, did they... uh, It was like a Miramax initially, and I think maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Miramax. Then we also have The Offering. It will be available on VOD. Uh, The son of a Hasidic funeral director returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of recounseling with his father. Little do they know that an ancient evil lurking inside a mysterious corpse has sinister plans for their unborn baby. Then we have the pre- the price we pay. This one will also be available on VOD. After a pawn shop robbery goes wrong, two criminals lay low at a remote farmhouse to let the heat die down and find something much more menacing. And then finally, we have on Friday the 13th, Night of the Bastard. I just really love that title. After an injured woman takes refuge in a secluded home, a gruff recluse must fight off a bloodthirsty cult and an insatiable sorceress to have to save both of their lives. Then we just have a few more and we're going to bang those out. Bang, bang them out. Bang them out. Then on Tuesday the 17th, the menu will be available on DVD. John spoke about this earlier. He says it's the bee's knees. Then we also have There's Something Wrong. I mean, wrong. I don't recall using those words. Oh, you, you did. You, we you heard said it. it in your heart. You said cheeseburger, oh, I bla- food, I blacked bee's out. knees. Okay. I don't even remember talking about it. I blacked out hard during all that. <laughs> then we have There's Something, there's something Wrong with the Children. This one is a Blumhouse movie, right? Yes. Or is it not? Uh, yes, okay, yes. so maybe I confused it. That one for sure is We're going to get it one, sooner or later. Yeah, one of these are Blumhouses. So then we have, <laughs> this won't be available on VOD. Margaret and Ben take a weekend trip with two long friends and with, with their two young children. Ben soon suspects something sinister is afoot when the, when the kids start behaving strangely after disappearing into 
into the woods overnight. Then we have snowfalls. This one will be available on VOD as well. After a winter storm strands five friends in a remote cabin with no power and little food, disorientation slowly claims their sanity as each of them succumbs to a fear that the snow itself may be, may be contaminated or somehow evil. That sounds really cool. And finally, we have Death Knot. This one will be available on VOD and DVD. After the death of their estranged mother, two siblings return home and are immediately confronted by angry villagers who claim their mother was a practitioner of a dangerous brand of black magic behind multiple mysterious deaths. And then just in case if you missed it, Megan is available in theaters. What a great gateway horror. You should check it out. There's dancing, there's blood and watch it. At first, I was like, "What's Megan doing in the theater? She's talking to us right now." <laughs> Megan with a I'm practicing my dance moves <laughs> without moving your head or smiling. <laughs> and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week, Kevin. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Zena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Zena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs>